from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Doing your part to protect the environment and halt climate change can seem futile to many of us. If you don't own a coal-burning power plant or a private jet, can any sacrifice on your part really make a difference? Well, Jess Watson is here to tell you the answer is yes. She is the executive director of Earth Day 365, and that local nonprofit has a new campaign that could help us collectively make a big difference. It's called Too Good to Waste, and she joins us now to tell us all about it. Jess Watson, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. So with this new campaign, you're trying to target the one thing individuals can do that would contribute the most to combating climate change. And I feel like a lot of people, if that's going to get their attention, what is that thing? Well, you know, it's food waste. Um, It's making sure that you buy the right amount of food um, for what your family needs to eat, and then you make sure that it doesn't go bad in your refrigerator. It's very simple. I imagine, I mean, it's so simple that I imagine many people are surprised to learn this is something that would have any impact on climate change. Absolutely. I think that it's not very associated at all with climate change. Um, People just don't know about it in the region. Um, So we're trying to change that. And the stats are really huge. Um, It's up to 160 billion pounds a year are wasted um, just in the U.S. Uh, So I know when you give big numbers like that, it can feel overwhelming for people. So uh, let's break that down a little bit. Um, That means that in of the food that comes into your household, about 40 percent of it gets wasted. Um, So it's like every time you buy three grocery bags, you just drop one in the parking lot on the way to the car. You know, I mean, when you put it that way, it's like (laughs) that's not just bad for the environment. That's also just throwing money away. It is throwing money away. And that's really um, a central theme of the the campaign, because we want to be able to reach out to people who maybe aren't as motivated by climate change, but they might be motivated by the fact that um, it's about thirteen hundred dollars per consumer per person Hmm. that gets wasted per year. So if you add that up for your household, I mean, think of what you could be spending that on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money. But but so I want to go back to this idea of the link with climate change. Mm-hmm. I get that buying extra stuff and throwing it away, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But how does that heat up the earth? Yeah, I think it's something that um, is not really obvious uh, immediately. And, um, and people don't realize that um, it could be something that they are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so because there's a lot of kind of myths around it. Um, first of all, I've had people say, well, but food is biodegradable, right? So if I, even if I do put it in the dumpster and it goes into a landfill, like that can't really be that big a deal. But actually, um, it's worse if to go to the landfill because in a landfill, um, in, under kind of anaerobic conditions, so without any oxygen, it's going to be producing methane. And methane is a much worse greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide that we hear so much about. It's actually 28 times worse wow. than carbon dioxide. So you definitely don't want that food waste to go to the landfill. But I think I, as as somebody who has already you know, clued into these things, when I first encountered this issue, I thought, well, well, I'm composting my food. I, I mean, we even have chickens. Like, you know, this is really not something that I'm contributing to personally. Um, but Actually, most of the um, most of the climate change um, that we're talking about that's associated with food waste is in the resources that went into producing the food in the first place to get mm. it to your plate. So it's the 
um, the energy that took to clear the farmland, the water that went into it, the um, transportation to, to get it to the grocery store, the packaging, all of that adds up to just a huge amount of wasted resources that if you don't actually eat that apple and you let it rot on your counter, it's just a huge shame, and it's contributing to climate change. So I'm desperate as an individual to get off the hook on my responsibility for this. I have to assume that restaurants and grocery stores, they're the people that are really throwing a lot of stuff away. It's not me. What would you say to that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too, at first. Um, I, I mean, most people feel like, well, it's mostly industrial waste. It's mostly the farms and, and all of these other folks. But if you break down uh, food waste by category, um, farms are, are something like 21% of that. Grocery stores, 28%. But uh, individual households, it's thirty between 37 and 43% of the overall food waste. So uh, most of the food waste is actually being generated by us, hmm. by you and me. It's interesting. It seems like such a modern problem. I think of how my grandmother would be so offended if she saw that I'm just chucking stuff into the <laughs> trash. I mean, she would have never done mm-hmm. that. And yet this has become a very normal American thing. We just buy more than we need and mm-hmm. then just throw it away. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of it comes down to um, what's been normalized in packaging in grocery stores and um, the the move towards buying things at, at places like Costco where you're buying in a bulk and um, and so you're buying way more than you need um, and then people not really knowing like how to preserve it or how to um, use their freezer to make it last longer or use their refrigerator in ways that make more sense and make things last longer. So you also mentioned the packaging, and I know that's not the focus of this campaign. You're looking at the food, but I have to think that for every food we're buying that we're throwing away, there's a lot of packaging that that comes with that as well. And now we know, in the city of St. Louis at least, a lot of stuff that we're carefully sorting and putting in our recycling bins, that's ending up right in the trash anyway. It's not even getting recycled. Is that also adding to this problem? That is definitely um, part of the resources that are calculated um, when we're talking about the climate change impact. So yeah, if you're buying your fruits and vegetables and wrapped in plastic and on a plastic tray, then that is also contributing to the problem. So buy them at the farmer's markets when you can, obviously. It's not always possible, but but really try to uh, plan ahead with your meal so that you know the amount that you're going to actually need. Um, and then you don't overbuy and end up with that bag of celery that you use two stocks of for your Mm -hmm. recipe, for your soup recipe, and then a month later you find it liquefied in the bottom of your venti bin. I feel like you're looking into my refrigerator. (laughs) I I feel so seen. Looking into your soul. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. My my dirty refrigerator is my soul. You know, one of the things that you tackle on this Too Good to Waste campaign, there's a website for this where people can check this out. Um, You talk about expiration dates, and you say one really common misconception about expiration dates is that they have any meaning at all. Yeah, so, yeah that's sorry to break it to you, Definitely Sarah. a conception I have. I very carefully look at these. Like, I don't want my family to eat spoiled food. Mm-hmm. Why do we even have expiration dates if they don't mean that the food is expired? Well, it's really all about liability for the food companies and for grocery stores. Um, so it's so that you don't sue um, whoever made the food. Um, And there are no national standards for these expiration dates. Um, They're just done by the individual manufacturers. Um, And so, of course, they're going to place them much earlier than the food would actually spoil. Um, And so what experts say might be a little bit harder, but um, it is really that you have to do the smell test. Uh, You've got to use your own judgment. Um, So look and see if, if you can see any physical changes 
is, if you can see any mold or something like that, obviously that's not good. Um, give it a sniff. If, if the smell has changed, then don't use it. But otherwise, you're probably fine. Hmm. So we can eat food. The expiration date tells us it's expired. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily so. Not necessarily so. So this one of the websites that you link to on the Earth Day 365 website is savethefood.com. I thought mm-hmm. this was a really useful resource. It has some recipes that are specifically designed for food that is maybe nearing mm. its actual expiration, food that, that's getting slightly bad. I mean, is this mm-hmm. just sort of a change in attitude where we need to figure out, okay, this is still something I can eat? Yeah, um, I think there are lots of strategies that that you can have, and um, the freezer is your best friend in this Mm. case. Um, So uh, I make a lot of smoothies, especially for my boys. They love them. Um, I have young kids, um, and they will, especially my my younger kid, he'll take a bite of an apple and then leave it around. And um, and it's so frustrating, but at, at this point, I've learned to just cut off that little piece, and I have a smoothie bag in my freezer. And um, I cut up the rest of the apple or I put the brown banana in there. And then we make all different kinds of smoothies. And um, involving them and what they want to put in really makes them want to eat it more. Um, same for soups. That, that For the savory stuff, um, I had a friend who used to have four small children. And she would literally have a soup pot in her freezer. And um, she would put in... Um, this was just for her family. Mm-hmm. So she would like scrape the extra mashed potatoes that her kids didn't eat into the soup pot. She would put the end of the canned corn um, that she wasn't using in the recipe, dump it in there. Um, and then when it filled up, she would she would make a pot of soup every week. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, you I know, love the, it. This whole conversation is taking me back to my grandmother. I know. This well, we is have to go my back to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Just frugality. I mean, it just makes sense. So sort of some of these depression era techniques that we would They're associate. They're not wrong. Yeah. This, this stuff works. <laughs> well, so you're preaching the gospel on this, and this mm-hmm. is the big campaign for Earth Day 365. Again, this is called Too Good to Waste. You can uh, check out information on this at uh, earthday-365.org slash too good to waste. What kind of reaction are you getting as you're kind of putting this message out into the community? Well, I've been really shocked because we just started the campaign. We launched it um, in August, and I've been asked to speak on this topic four or five times since then. It seems like it's something that um, is surprising to people, and um, and it seems to really be making a connection. And I do think it comes back to the fact that it's some something, some way for all of us to grapple with this huge issue of climate change and bring it down to us, cut it down to the size that an individual household can actually do something about. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to address this anxiety that climate change produces in all of us. Yeah, it's good to know there is something we can do. Um, on this topic, you're also promoting something called a green curbside hop. Mm-hmm. Now that is happening in the Grove. It's happening this Saturday, October 23rd. What is a green curbside hop? Yeah, so um, it, it's put on by uh, a the Green Dining Alliance, that is a program of Earth Day 365. Um, so that is a program that certifies restaurants in sustainability. Um, food waste is one of the areas of sustainability that we work with restaurants on um, on getting better at. Uh, also energy efficiency, all sorts of sustainability measures. Um, and so we have 
now this is our fourth green dining district that we have in the region. And what that means is that 25% of the restaurants in that din- in that district um, are certified as Green Dining Alliance restaurants. Um, so we're really excited that the Grove is our newest one. Um, and we are having a celebration um, at from 4 to 8 p.m. On, on Saturday. And so all of the restaurants that are certified are going to be having like tasting portions that they're offering to folks that have bought tickets for the event. Um, there's also a bicycle raffle and like all sorts of fun stuff that, that's associated with it. So you can get tickets on our website. And this is something everybody's welcome to attend. Oh, absolutely. So it sounds like, I mean, you're making this case here that individuals need to tackle uh, the too-good-to-waste food waste problem. But you're also talking to restaurants. I mean, you're not just oh, yeah. counting on each of us doing our part. You're, you're doing a more global effort as well. For sure. Um, we work with 114 restaurants right now through the Green Dining Alliance, um, and we encourage them to compost and we track how much um, waste that they're, they're making and how much they're reducing by working with us. Um, and so we're, we're really trying to um, address this on a bunch of different fronts. And we're also working with um, other regional groups um, to, to try to uh, reduce food waste on a regional basis. So mm-hmm. One SDL um, is a, a group that has made a regional plan and is bringing together folks to, to work on the issue. Um, and we're working with local composters. There's a bunch of composting companies that have, have come up recently. So you can get it picked up. You can get your food waste picked up on your front steps if um, if you'd like to. Um, so that's a great option for a lot of people. You also mentioned you're helping restaurants track how they're doing on this. Have you found that after they implement some of these changes that you're talking about, that they really are seeing a big reduction in the food waste they're generating? Absolutely. I mean, portion sizes have really increased so much, and the expectations around portion sizes um, are really huge, especially in the Midwest. For so, sure. Um, if they can just tackle that, um, that can result in a lot of um, food food savings, you know, just that. Well, Jess Watson, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and telling us all about it. Thank you so much, Sarah. This episode was produced by Jane Mather Glass with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.